0: Those are the words of Jesus found in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew uh, chapter 5. I encourage you to open up your your Bible to those words as we want to reflect on on, on some of these words and understand really what Jesus is uh, trying to encourage us to do as we are his disciples, following him, living in the kingdom. What is he saying uh, to us? Matthew chapter 5 starting with uh, verse 17. I had these words running through my, my head while I was at home, and I was sitting down uh, watching uh, a commercial was coming by, and it was one of those uh, AT&T commercials. The one that's about just okay is not okay. And maybe many of you are familiar with that uh, advertising series because they present a bunch of uh, professionals like doctors and accountants and mechanics and even elevators and those kinds of things uh, and pointing out that just okay is not okay. And uh, that's exactly much to the consternation of those who are uh, the recipients of their professional opinions. They're like, no, I don't want somebody who is just okay when I'm a doctor. That's not okay. That's the premise of this advertising campaign. And I was thinking to myself while I was kind of chuckling at that and I was amused by what was going on, that as we, perhaps, that's the standard that we set for ourselves in our walk of faith with Jesus Christ. How are you doing in your walk with Jesus Christ? How are you doing in your... your, uh, reading of God's word and, and obeying him. How are you doing? Well, I'm okay. How are you doing in living out the principles of the kingdom of God? Well, I'm, I'm okay. How are you doing when it comes to being generous and living out stewardship? I'm okay. And I think for many of us, that's the standard that we set for ourselves in our walk with Jesus Christ, is that we're doing okay, right? Compared to, compared to everybody else, compared to what's going on in the world, I'm okay, But I think as we read this section of the Sermon on the Mount and as we move forward through other parts of the Sermon on the Mount, what we begin to hear Jesus saying to us is just okay is not okay. Just okay is not okay. We see Jesus raising the bar much, much higher. Look at Matthew 5, verse 20, what Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 20. Jesus says, For I tell you that unless your righteousness, your righteousness, so that would be your your right standing with God, that that, that you are living a life that is found to be acceptable, found to be holy in God's sight, found to be pleasing to God, that you can have a right relationship with God. He says, unless your righteousness... Surpasses that's raising the bar high that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Alright, that statement right there would have been breathtaking at this time for the listeners who first heard this. Because the Pharisees, just as just as Rolex is the standard maybe for luxury and uh Mustang is the standard for horsepower, and uh, Taco Bell is the standard for culinary delight. Just as uh, those things are the bar, the Pharisees were the bar for righteousness. These are the most righteous people that existed in the day. The people had a, a pretty good opinion about them because these were the teachers of the law, they knew it inside and out, and they followed it backwards and forward. They were the epitome of righteousness. And yet Jesus says, take your highest standard of righteousness, walking and living among you, and unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, what, Jesus? How could we ever have a righteousness that surpasses that of the Pharisees But unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, he says, you will certainly not, okay, pay attention here, that's a double negative in Greek, which could be never, never. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will never, never enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay is not just okay. Those are pretty powerful words, aren't they? I read those this week, and they kind of rocked my world. They really did. Because what's at stake? Entering the kingdom of heaven. Being found in eternity, and being found in glory, and living my life in the presence of God. That's what's at stake. It should raise a little alarm in your brain as you read the scriptures here. It should do something inside of you, it did. It said, oh my goodness, I want to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is saying, unless my righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, I will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So that really begs the question then, doesn't it? What was the righteousness of the Pharisees like that I need to surpass? Because that's where Jesus is saying, I'm raising the bar beyond the Pharisees. And so when we look at the Pharisees, what we know about the Pharisees, their very name means to be separate, separated. And what were they separated to? They were separated to the law of God. That's a very good thing to be separated to the law of God. They emerged at the time when God's people were in exile. They no longer had the temple. They no longer had sacrifices. They had no, no longer had all these elements that allowed them to walk in relationship with God. So what they did is they turned to the Word and said, if we obey the Word, we can continue while we're here in exile to maintain our righteousness with God. And so they separated themselves to following the letter of the law, and they did that. That's a good... And at a time where Roman occupation was coming in, into Israel, and everybody was uh, uh, taking, you know, they were just uh, uh, becoming very humanistic in their their thinking, and and they were like, over their day, when that was all happening, they said, no, we're going to hunker down, and we're going to make sure that we as God's people are holy and righteous, and we're going to obey his word. It's a very good motive, a very good thing. In fact, they said, we're going to make sure we obey the word, and if God says you shall honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy, we're going to create rules around that around that just to make sure we don't come close to breaking that law so we're going to say well uh, you know what you probably shouldn't cook on the Sunday because that's going to break the Sabbath you probably shouldn't walk any more than uh, the Sabbath and they're doing all these things just to make sure you didn't break the law because they wanted to make sure that they were holy and in a right relationship with God that was the Pharisees but what was the issue with the Pharisees They were living out their righteousness from the outside in. If we keep these rules, if we keep these regulations, then we will be holy in God's sight. It's like having a checklist. I can check all the boxes. I did this, 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 hand it in at the end of the day, and boom, I am holy. And certainly, my checklist looks better than your checklist. So clearly, I am more righteous than you. But what's the problem when we work with a checklist? When we're working on our outward behavior, on what we can do to get ourselves walking in a right relationship with God? The problem is, we can't check all of the boxes. There's always going to be boxes left unchecked. No matter how many good things you try to do, no matter how many commands you try to follow and obey, pile them up. But God is still, you're still going to come short of God. Romans 3.20 It's fallen short of the glory of God. I'm just going to switch to this mic. Is that all right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When we go from the outside to the inside, it doesn't work. It doesn't get us there, and it puts it on, on our efforts. And Jesus says that's not okay because at the end of the day, if you're working on your efforts, you still fall short of the glory of God and you still are not walking in righteousness with him. It's not okay. And I think it's not okay because some of us adopt an attitude like the Pharisees. And their attitude, which they 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 got over the years as it went on while they were trying to do this in a good way it got a hold of them and they started owning the fact that my behavior is better than yours and they started trusting in their own works They started trusting in their own efforts, in their own abilities. If I keep this Sabbath, if I avoid committing adultery, if I don't murder, if I check, 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 then I'm right with God and I am good and they're holding up a trophy saying we are here. We are the ones in this world that are walking with God because look at our score sheet. We are at the top. And there's a danger in that. That's not okay. And some of us may still hold on to that a little bit. Hold on to that a little bit that we're trying to walk with God based on our own efforts. I'm trying to do the right things. I'm trying to follow the right rules. I'm trying, if I just have my quiet time every morning, I'm close with God. If I just give 10%, then I'm sure I'm gonna be right with God. And if I just make sure I never miss worship, I'm gonna be right with God. And we're living by these rules and regulations, trying to control it ourselves from the outside, but at the end of the day, we still fall short. And maybe you're there in that camp today. And what you need to do is then look at yourself and hear Jesus say, that's not okay. Because you're saying, I'm all right. I'm, I'm standing well before God because look at my check, my boxes that are check, 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 check. And Jesus is saying, no, you need to surpass that of the Pharisees. That doesn't work. But I also think when we live out that, we live out this external approach to our righteousness that the Pharisees had, Some of us go the other direction. We're not holding up a trophy. We want to throw in the towel. We just want to throw in the towel because we're saying, if that's what I'm supposed to do, if those are the boxes that I'm supposed to check, oh my goodness, I am so far from that. There's no way I can check those boxes. There's no way I can ever get close to God. In fact, if you look at my score sheet from from years past, it's pretty awful, and there's no way God would ever accept me. There's no way I could ever do anything because just look, and we throw in the towel, and we're like, I can't get close to God. I can't do it. I want to. That's my heart. But at the end of the day, I just know I'm a sinner. I just know I'm very far from God. I will never be as good as those other people. And we're throwing in the towel. And to that, Jesus says, "Mm, that's not okay. That's not okay. Your righteousness needs to surpass that of the Pharisees. It's not one that, is, that we achieve through our external efforts, through the things that we do, that we control. That's not how you get in a right standing with God. So how do we do it? We still haven't solved that issue, have we? We know what we're not to do. We know that we have to surpass it. My mind went to Philippians chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you, Philippians chapter 3. Because I thought the best place to look at that would be to talk to a Pharisee. Apostle Paul, he was a Pharisee. Apostle Paul, he lived by the letter of the law. He was, uh, he actually talks about his testimony in here. Uh, Philippians 3. We're looking at Philippians 3, verse uh, 4. It's like halfway through 4. Paul says, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, if there's anybody, who thinks you have a checklist that is superior and gonna bring you close to God in a relationship. Anybody, anybody think they have that list? Paul is saying, I have more. You kind of love Paul, don't you? I have more. Of anybody who can do great things, get themselves close to God, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day, check, of the people of Israel, Check. That's good. Of the tribe of Benjamin, not just any tribe, Benjamin tribe. Check. A Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. I'm the guy. However, we are but people. But. Whatever we're gains... To me, we don't live by that. out. We don't live that way. I now consider loss. All of that is loss for the sake of Christ. What more is I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I will give all of that stuff up because because why? Because I consider them garbage. That all is rubbish. It doesn't accomplish one thing in this world. It's all garbage, and I consider it garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, and listen to this, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, not coming from what I can do, what I can work, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from where? God, on the basis of faith. That's the righteousness that surpasses that of the Pharisees. Paul discovered it, and he championed it here in this book and beyond. He's saying, you want to have a righteousness? It comes from Jesus Christ. Not from what you do, but from what Jesus Christ has done. And what did Jesus Christ do for us? He died on the cross. He came in his sinless perfection. He's God. He's the Holy One. He came in a sinless perfection, took our sin upon himself, and he took that and he went to the cross and he suffered the punishment that was meant for us. And when Jesus did that, in what we call the great exchange, he took our sin and he took our punishment upon himself, as the scriptures say, so that we might become the righteousness of God, that we would be able to walk in a right relationship with God. And how does that happen? Because we do something. No, Paul says it happens through faith. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he came to earth. I believe that there is no other way that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I put my confidence in that. And I accept that gift it's a gift from God, and I accept it. And when I accept that gift from God, Jesus' perfect, sinful, uh, uh, sin-free nature inhabits my body, and I, I then uh, and look before God is just as if I had never sinned. We exchange it. Jesus takes my sin, I get his righteousness placed upon me. And now because I have the spirit of Jesus Christ living in me, which is a spirit of righteousness— a spirit of perfection, a spirit of holiness, he can transform my heart. He can transform my soul. He can transform my mind. He transforms everything that is within me into the perfection of of Jesus Christ. He makes me holy and righteous from the inside out. A righteousness that surpasses that of the Pharisees is not one that comes from the outside in. That never works. But it's one that comes from the inside out. And then, as I move forward in my life, I want to maintain that righteousness. Because Jesus won it for me on the cross, did he not? He won it, he paid the penalty, and he made me who was without, he made me the righteousness of God, and so what am I gonna do? I'm gonna maintain that. Oh my goodness, why would I, I wanna soil it? Why would I wanna dirty it? Why would I wanna mess up what Jesus just made holy so I can walk in a relationship with God? And so as I live my life, and as I move forward, what, knowing that I have the Spirit of Jesus engaging my heart, changing me from the inside, I set my goal to be what, what he says in 5, verse 48. Jesus says, here's the standard for all of you who follow me. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's the standard. That's the bar that he sets for us. We may chafe a little bit on that word perfect, but in Greek it means mature. So it says Jesus has changed your heart, He's changed his spirit has lived in you, he's made you righteous. Now, as you move forward, your goal is to continue to mature in righteousness. You're gonna to continue to mature to what you one day will be when Jesus comes again, and that day you'll be found in perfect glory. Why from this day forward would you choose to walk this way and move towards the things of the world? Why would you move towards the things of the flesh? Why would, you continue, why would you want to continue to ruin what Jesus made perfect? He says, no, don't do that. Set your eyes on God and you work and become perfect as God is perfect. Your goal now moving forward is that, that your agenda is to have the very heart and character of God. That's how you order your life. Moving your life forward, you order your life by the kingdom principles. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. We live within the kingdom of God. So we live under God's reign. And so as I move forward, I now not only live with the character of God, but I live with the kingdom principles of God guiding my life. As I move forward, I just I, I embody everything that God is because that's how we walk with God. That's the righteousness. And that's what I do with my life as I move forward. And that's the righteousness that Jesus says inherits the kingdom of God. It looks far different than a lot of the righteousness that we try to grab a hold of from the outside in. And Jesus addresses that in his examples. I don't have time to dive into all of these, but just take a look at what Jesus is saying here just briefly as he goes through these. Jesus is saying, I'm going I'm to show you how you move forward. And how you move forward is to remember the law of God. That's a good thing. I haven't come to abolish it, he says. We read that in verse 5. Jesus says, I have not come to abolish, 517, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill them. We still got the law there. Why? Because it guides us in the the ways of God. It tells us what, what the kingdom of God looks like. It tells us what those boundaries are like. I'm not saved by staying in, by accomplishing those boundaries. But now that I'm saved, that's where I want to live. And so I'm going to follow those laws of God because he helps us as a sinful people figure out what does it look like to walk with a holy God. And he says, I'm going to tell you my word. This is not how I make you holy, but this is what holy people do. This is how we walk. And so Jesus says, I'm not going to get rid of that law. Don't ever think he got rid of that law. There's lots of people who say, oh, I'm just a Jesus follower. No Old Testament for me, no Bible. Jesus says, no, I'm holding on to the law, but I'm going to fulfill it. I'm going to show you now. I'm going to put some meat on the bones. I'm going to show you exactly how it should be lived you, because you've been living it just okay. You've been trying to follow the letter of the law. And friends, that's not okay because God says when you have a righteousness of his, you're wired to not just obey the letter of the law, but you're wired to embody the character of God and to embody the principles of the kingdom. And so Jesus says, so you've heard it said, right? You've heard it said, uh, do not murder. Well, I got that, right? I, I hope most of us here can check that box, right? Do not murder. Do we have any murderers here this morning? No, that, that would really actually shock me, so please, let's not. Uh, I shouldn't go there this morning. Um, dude, sorry, my wife is shaking her head at me. I'm like, uh, I think I can check the box. I hope you can too, that we haven't murdered, that I haven't murdered anybody. So what do I do? I say, Jesus, here I am, right? I'm looking pretty righteous. I'm pretty good. Check the box. Jesus looks at me and goes, you, you say you haven't murdered? I go, yeah, I'm okay. It's like, no, it's not, it's not okay. It's not okay, because where is Jesus looking? Not at my external behavior, but he's looking at my, my heart, my inside. He's looking at my inside. And what has he said? He said, in the kingdom of God, I got to tell you, we're not, you're not even angry with somebody. What? Are you got anger against your brother? Do you got malice against your brother? Do you gossip against your brother? Do you, like, curse their name down? Uh, Is that what you do? Do you think that way at all about anybody? You got animosity towards somebody? You got ill will towards somebody? Because that shouldn't be rooted in your heart because my heart is one where you're peacemakers. Oh, suddenly. I got a little conviction going on here. Just okay is, is not okay. And notice what Jesus said. Um, This is amazing too. He says, if you're offering your gift at the altar, now this is where geography matters. If you're altering your gift, if you're giving your gift at the altar, you are in Jerusalem. That's where the altar is. You come to Jerusalem like three times a year, four times a year to bring a gift to God. You lay it down. He's teaching people in Galilee, 80 miles away. So, these are people who made an 80 mile journey by foot through the desert in 100 degree weather, over the hills, mountains, walking. It's a three day journey. They got to pay a lot of money. It's a huge cost to get there. And Jesus says, if you get all the way there and you lay your money down at that altar, this is what I want. And you think, oh my goodness, I got something against my brother. We got an issue between us, we got a problem going on. What does Jesus say? Leave your gift there in front of the altar and then go and be reconciled. Go 80 miles back. You make the hike all the way back, you get things right with your brother, then you come all the way back again, and then you offer it. You think okay is not just okay with Jesus? He's raising the bar, isn't he? He's raising the bar. We settle for I will just not murder. But Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, it's a lot higher than that. Jesus says, adultery. Ouch. All right. I can check this box. I haven't committed adultery. I won't ask the same question as I did last time with murder, lest I get myself in some real hot water. But I haven't committed adultery, so I'm checking the box. No, I, I haven't done that. I'm, I, got clear, I can say that. Jesus, I'm pretty righteous, right? I'm feeling pretty good. He's like, well, let me tell you. Have you ever ogled over another woman? Oh, Jesus, what are you talking about? Have you ever looked at a little pornography Have you ever just enjoyed that intimate conversation you had with that guy at work and just wish you could spend more time with him? Have you ever wished you could be with somebody else? Because that means your heart has already been given over. It's already committed adultery. I'm going into your heart. I'm looking at your heart. So no, just being okay is not okay. This goes much higher. The righteousness of God is much higher than what you think. Divorce. Jesus hits on divorce. And in in this context, one of the things, there was a loophole in the law because God made marriages to be permanent. But because of people's sinfulness, Moses gave a little loophole. And people were living into that loophole of the law, right? We like to do that with law too. How can I skirt around it and still stay as close as I can? In fact, I remember when I was a youth pastor, Uh, The number one question I got all my years of youth ministry, I got it over and over again from the youth in my youth ministry, Pastor Bob, how far can I go? They're dating somebody. They want to know, how far can I go? Because what's behind that question? I want to know how much intimacy I can have with this guy, but still obey God. See the question? Pharisee right there, right? Righteousness coming from the inside out. And my answer to them was always get to know Jesus and it will take care of itself. That's what I said. Get to know Jesus because when Jesus implants his righteousness in you, my distaste for the things of the world grows within me because all I want is to mature in God and seek more of him. And the same thing going on here. They had that loophole going on with divorce. They were wondering, how far away can we get from this law? And they were abusing women because in that day, the men could just get, because of this loophole, could just get rid of women for any reason whatsoever. She burns your toast in the morning. You're gone. She doesn't look as beautiful as she did when I married her. She's gone. The, the men could get rid of the women for any reason whatsoever. And they were cast aside which meant they now were living on the streets and meant that they didn't have anybody to care for them. They had no money, they had no resources. It was a huge injustice. But these guys thought we're keeping the letter of the law because we're obeying the law. We're following what Moses said. But on the backside, they were ignoring the principle of the kingdom, which is you value people. You don't just discard people. And in fact, look at God. When Israel turned its back on God, Did God just say, I'm done with you, Israel? No, his bond, his covenant with them meant something, and he stayed with them. He says, in my kingdom, covenants mean something, so you stay with them. Jesus raises the bar. uh, Oaths. This was a time, too, where people would would declare something, and they they would say, well, I'm going to do this. I promise you I'm going to do this. I swear on Jerusalem, the very city of God, that I will do this. And he's saying, no, don't do that. Just let your yes be yes. Because in the kingdom of God, we're truth tellers. We tell truth at all times. We don't fudge. We don't fib. We don't make things up. People can be confident in who we are because we serve a God who is truth. We embody the character of God. An eye for an eye. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye. In the Old Testament times, in particular, it was a time of retribution and revenge. You do something to me, Man, we're going to take it back out on you. And so God gave this law, an eye for an eye, to restrain retribution. All right? You're not, you're not going to go nuts. You know, they, they, they pulled out a watermelon out of your garden. You don't go and kill their whole family. That's way out of line. You don't do that. So I'm saying a watermelon for a watermelon, or an eye for an eye, or a tooth for a tooth. We're going to restrain that. That's what God's law was trying to do. It's a very good thing. So people were trying to live by the letter of that law. And Jesus saying, listen, folks we're peacemakers. Listen, we go and we don't hold that animosity inside us. We don't seek revenge. We don't seek ill will of anybody. We love because that's who our God is. And at the end there, we get love for enemies. You've heard it said that. It was said, love your neighbor. I can do that. I can love my neighbor. What about if you love your enemy? Oh, I'm not so sure I do that. So reread these things and begin to see how Jesus continues to raise the bar here for us in saying, this is the kind of righteousness that inherits the kingdom of God. Now, does that make you wiggle a little bit? Does that make you squirm? Does that make you question? Because I oftentimes settle for just being okay, right? And after all, I'm a pastor, so I should really be okay, right? I, I'm okay. But Jesus is saying, Bob, you're not Okay. Because you think it's about you and what you're doing. And I'm always looking at your heart. Always looking at your heart. Because that's where my righteousness is planted. And you want to have a right standing with God? Then you do whatever you need to do to maintain that your heart is in a right relationship with God. And it's so serious to remember that he said, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your hand, cut it off. That's how serious it is. It's better that you go through life maimed than you lose out on the kingdom of God because your heart is in the wrong place. Where's your heart at today? Are you sitting here did you come in this morning and go, oh, "I'm okay. I'm okay with God. I strolled in. This is one of my Sundays that I'm here this month and I'm pretty good. I'm doing okay." We need to hear the sermon on the mount. Jesus word saying just okay is not okay. He's raising the bar high and saying our righteousness Our righteousness needs to be perfect like our heavenly Father is perfect. Not that we're we're saved by that. We're saved through faith in Jesus Christ. But as we then, as, as as Jesus saves us, the transformation in our being takes place and we don't move towards the things of the world, we move towards the things of God. In what way does your heart need to be elevated today to seek the things of God, to want the things of God? Where might the Spirit be challenging you today where you think, I'm just okay? I'm just okay. Where would that Spirit be be pushing on you today in your heart?